Ebullient greetings. I'm your host, Jackie Bird of Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness, your guide to stress and anxiety relief, mindfulness, awareness, self-care, self-love, and personal growth. Welcome and thank you for joining me as we roll with peace in mind. Today's riff is Are You On The Right Train? Riding On The Urge. These episodes feature people who are doing their thing, they follow their heart and their passion, and they create how they want, what they want, when they want. And they are riding on the right train. Today's spotlight is Nicole Marquez. I am talking to the incredible Nicole Marquez, and I'm just going to read something to you from her website. Sometimes falling down is how we learn to rise up. Yes. Nicole Marquez knows a little something about falling down. In 2008, she fell six stories from the roof of her apartment building in New York City. She broke bones throughout her body, including an internal decapitation. But bit by bit, against all odds, and I mean against all odds, Nicole went from being in a coma to a prognosis of life in a wheelchair to walking and dancing and gaining ground every day. Because this girl refused to quit, she has become a role model for anyone facing a seemingly insurmountable trial. And to finish... Because this shows how funny this girl is. Hey, someone has to be the fall guy or girl. Nicole took the fall, got back up, and her insights and indomitable spirit are just the inspiration you've been seeking. And now you're going to hear a little bit more about her story, but I'm going to back up for a minute. And um, Nicole, tell us where you're from. I am from the, the lovely state of Mississippi. Yes. Or I can say Mississippi. Mississippi. And you, you're you from Jackson, right? I am. Born and raised. Well, the thing is, she and I met in Cleveland, Mississippi. And I was uh, choreographing a production of Anything Goes. And I was also part of the program to teach. And uh, do you remember the name of the program? <laughs> um, it was the, hold on, give me a sec. I think it was a, it was a Broadway camp. Like uh, Arts Broadway Camp. Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, we worked with a lot of people, but there was this little bright spot there named Nicole Marquez. And you <laughs> just, you know, with all those people in your, your, your spirited but quiet and respectful way, there, I got to know you. I got to notice you. Man, I, uh, well, okay, I, I've told you this before and I'll just say it again. When when I met you, I I was in awe because Aww. you were you were everything that I I really aspired to be as far as oh. a dancer goes. Um, I was with someone at the time who he was a dancer, and that definitely um, kind of fueled my fire because mm. he was very very talented, and I kind of wanted to go down that route. But also when we were together, it was. Um, it was just so exciting to see someone who not only like knows what she's doing, knows her body, but God, you had told me you had traveled and you had choreographed here, there and everywhere. And, um, 
I just, I don't know. I was just so in awe and like, uh, again, once again, that's what, that's what my goal is. I, I want that kind of a life. Wow. Well, to back up even further, how did you, were you already dancing um, before that camp? I, I danced when I was a kid. And okay. when I was about from like two to I think about 13 and I didn't take it seriously. Mm. And I stopped dancing when I was 13 because, you know, I was getting into middle school and mm-hmm. boys clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my interests were not in the dance world. And it wasn't until I got to college that I stage managed my freshman year, a dance concert. And, um, Oh, wow. I just, yeah. I saw what, was going on in the dance department because I was a theater major and um right yeah there were these two dancers that they they've been my friends like all these years later that I just when I saw them come on stage immediately my thought was that's what I want to do and Mm. that's when I that's when I decided to be a theater major and Mm -hmm. a dance minor and um just go for it Wow. And what university were you at at the time? I was at the University of Southern Mississippi. That's right. That's right. Because the, the, the thing with, um, when you when you travel and you teach because I did a lot of that and I was you know here there everywhere and meeting a lot of people, but there are always a few people that stick out and that you remember and that you stay in touch with. So you were one of those people from that production. Oh, yeah, likewise. I I um I'm actually very flattered and so grateful that we've been able to have a friendship that has blossomed yes. like, as the years have gone by. Yes. Yes. And and sometimes that's hard to come by. You know everybody's so busy it and It is you know, into their phones and, you know, doing whatever. And to actually have um, a give and take, which goes beyond thanks and yeah. And, uh, you know, BTW, you know, it. it, (laughs) Friendship. The way I look at friendship is that, you know, there's there's two sides to a friendship. Yes. You both have to contribute. Yes. And, um, I think that that has been very organic with you and I. Yes. 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 And and I'm I'm also grateful for it because I have found as time goes on, it's been a little bit harder to make friends. Um, you know, that's something that you oh, always yeah. want. You know, it's not just when you're a kid. It, yeah, you I want see. friends. That's why I want to redo. Well, not a redo, but why is it that when you're a kid, it's like you can have six boyfriends and a gazillion mm, friends. And then mm. as you get older, it's like, no, no, no. I've got maybe one good friend and mm-hmm. um, one boyfriend. <laughs> I know the numbers, the numbers kind of dwindle. And, I, and, and you're right. It is a two way street. You know, the other person has to be as invested as you are in the friendship to to have it grow because sometimes friendships kind of stagnate you know and you know they also you know you have sometimes those friends that you don't hear from and you don't talk to but when you reconnect with them it's like no time has gone by uh exactly and just to just to piggyback off of that when when I did have my accident, I I did lose a lot of friends um, mm. for different reasons. You know, mm. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm calling myself out on this one. 
I'm sure part of no, I know that part of it was me, but also mm. it was my other friends. And a buddy of mine told me this: when something really traumatic happens to a good friend of yours, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the times they can't handle it, and they just don't yes. want to believe that they yes. don't want to believe that something now is different about you. And yes. the friendship kind of it just kind of how can I put this? It filters it, out. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. And, that, that was one of the things that um, I had to endure. But at the same time, rather than get mad about it, I had to, mm. you know, tell myself that this this is human nature. Everybody's yeah. different. Yeah. And, you know, another friend has said the same thing to me. She has an illness. And, um, you know, she told me that she had lost a lot of friends a- along the way. And I do think that sometimes people can't handle the change what they perceive to be as a change, but the spirit, the person is the same. They just had this horrific thing happen to them. Um, but, but, you know, the, the outsider or the, or the, you know, the person that's observing doesn't know how, you know, should I be different? Should I, I, I feel uncomfortable to, with pain. Cause that's the thing. Basically humans don't do pain. Well, we yeah. don't, we don't, really know how to handle it so you know hey there's booze and there's drugs and there's eating and there's all these things that people use to to uh cover the pain but (laughs) right and and sometimes it's the easy way out yeah you know i'm i'm not gonna rag on people in that sense i think that people do what they think they can And what's important about me having you here right now is, and we're going to get into all of that, is the strength that each and every one of us has, but you have to dig in. And if you cover things up with drugs and alcohol, the things are still there. The issues are still there. You're just covering them up and you're actually delaying them, delaying dealing with them until you can't. You know, um, but, but I'm, but I'm, you're right. But I'm going to backtrack because we're going to get to all of that stuff about that, you know, that part of your journey. But I just want to do pre, pre accident you. Okay. So you're in, in college. And I remember we were, you know, um, talking back and forth. You were keeping me, you know, abreast of what was going on. Right. You gave me a lot of really good advice as far as like, um, because, my goal after I graduated was um, I actually got two different apprenticeships right after I gra- graduated, which was mm-hmm. amazing. But my goal ultimately was to move to New York and mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to dance on Broadway. I didn't really mm-hmm. want to be like a star, but mm-hmm. I, just, I wanted to just have that in my roster that I moved to New York. I did everything I could and look at me now and here I am on stage that mm, that was my goal mm. and we talked back and forth and you gave me a lot of good advice about you know moving to New York uh the audition process <laughs> and um all of that was accurate I mean it was it was crazy when you go into a room and they're looking for dancers that are five one dark hair dark eyes yeah. okay so I'm like oh that's me and then mm. I walk into the room and there's 50 of me <laughs> yes <laughs> but it's okay though because it's okay because the thing about it is at the time when i was going through this audition process 
um, it, it was always so nerve wracking to me. But mm-hmm. uh, the day of my accident, I, I went to an audition. I didn't do good. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was as funny as it may sound. It was for Puff Daddy. He was having <laughs> he, he was having uh, auditions for dancers for uh, Bryant Park. Uh, oh wow! Fashion show. So I was like, okay, why not? Then I found out it was he was looking for pole dancers. <gasps> oh I'm god. Like, I'm not a pole dancer, so I, you know, I looked at this situation and was like, okay, I, I've been, I've been stressing myself out. I'm, I'm mm. not going to do good at this, but you know what? I'm not going to do good at this royally, and I'm going to do my very best, and I'm going to mm-hmm. fail, but I'm going to fail with glory, and by God, All I right. probably look like an idiot. Um, I think at one point I saw some of the people's jaw drops because... You know, I just I made it I made an ass of myself, but I had a great time doing it. You know, that's a a big one. You made an ass of yourself, but you had a good time doing it. It's like we judge ourselves so harshly. You know, you you might not have looked half as bad as you think you did. But what's important is that you did your best and that you had a great time doing it. So, okay, you come to New York and you start auditioning and were you doing print work also one more time was i doing what work print print work oh um no i wasn't doing print work i i I had a boyfriend at the time who was a photographer that um ah that's why the pictures okay yeah then that's why i was seeing so photos of you and and gorgeous photos um look it pays to be nice to people they make you look good So, okay, so how long were you? How long were you in New York? Okay, so you 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 start dancing at a young age. You step aside and get involved in other activities. You end up at this this dance camp. Wait a minute, how'd that even happen? How'd you end up at the dance camp in Miss Camp in um, Cleveland? I'm pretty sure. So my my mom was telling me about how because the, this is crazy in Cleveland, Mississippi. They have it is. It is the most beautiful amphitheater. It's not an amphitheater. They, oh, it's like, yeah. Yeah, that theater is gorgeous. Yeah. In little old Cleveland, Mississippi. And my mom had told me about it. And um, she told me, she had learned, she had learned about this camp. And um, recommended I, I apply to be a counselor. And that's really oh. what got the ball rolling. Okay. Wow. What, so, but how did you end up in the show? Oh, what do you mean? Um, Anything goes. Because, you know, my, my memory is a little foggy now. I, okay. I don't. Yeah. So I wasn't in the show. Uh, man. Oh, wow. Th- now I'm feeling really good. So <laughs> I, I was a counselor. And the counselors, they only, they only picked two counselors to be in the show. Because <gasps> now. Yeah, that's right. Oh, because, wow. Uh, the guy that I was with at the time, he was a dancer, very, very talented. So they they just, um, I think um, Warren, the director, he had asked him if he could do like a small dance piece in the show. So that happened. And then there was another counselor who they needed to just say a few lines. He did that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> my job was to make sure everybody got on stage on time. <laughs> but you know, it's okay that I was in that position because, I mean, 
little did I know at the time, but now looking back at it, I, I'm so glad I wasn't in the show because that just kind of added more fuel to my fire that, okay, like backstage work, that it's still awesome. Wait, 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 I, stop. Hold it. You weren't in the show? No, 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 no. I just wrangled the children. <gasps> See, and like I said, my memory of that, because that was a long time ago, is a little foggy. But wait a minute. But this this really makes it even more extraordinary that you weren't in the show. No, seriously, you weren't in the show because I remember, it's funny, the things I do remember, (laughs) being backstage, I remember being in a hallway and we spoke to each other. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. We spoke. Go ahead. What were you saying? No, I was going to say, wow, your memory... That, that part of your memory is spot on. <laughs> I Because that's when you stood out to me. So I'm going to sidetrack here for a second. That's okay. why it is important to be you, to uh, be yourself, yeah. to let your light shine, because you never, ever know who you're connecting with in a deeper level. Be yeah. yourself. Don't like uh, talk yourself down. Show up. Show up. Because here we are. All these years later, I had no idea. I couldn't even remember that you weren't in the show, but I yeah. clearly remember you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Wow. You're trying to make me get all sentimental and sappy. <laughs> you're doing a good job. All right, so I'm going to fast forward now that backtrack. I'm glad that I did because so you're in New York. You're auditioning. You're living your dream. You, um, how long were you in New York before the accident? Well, okay. So the, the, this is where the, the timeline's kind of crazy because a year before I moved to New York, once I was done with my apprenticeships, I moved back to Mississippi because my goal was to like, uh, save up enough money to move to New York. Okay. So at the time, the job that I had, it paid really well so that whole year before I moved I was traveling back and forth to New York making sure that like this is where this is where I want to be can Mm -hmm. I handle this Mm. then when I did move to New York I was there eight months until my accident okay so I take a deep breath in now the irony is again and I'm uh, kind of stepping to the side a second, but this is really what the basis of my podcast is the strength that we each um, possess. And a lot of times we don't think we have it. So here you are, you've graduated, you've done your apprenticeship, you've moved back home to save up money. You're coming back and forth to New York to make sure you can handle it. That's kind of funny in a way. Um, because of what you ended up having and continue. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you think right. about that, you wondered if you could handle New York. Well, dang, baby. Yep. We're we going to now step into the events leading up to the accident and after. Okay. Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure we're here. So mm-hmm. you're asking me the events. Um, uh, the day of... Um, you were coming I, from the Puff Daddy, the Puff yeah. Daddy. <laughs> uh, 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 I, can't, I can't help but laugh because, like, I wish I would—I wish I had been a fly on the wall to have seen me. Um, I came back, and my roommates and I—we actually lived on the very top floor of our apartment building, and we had access to our roof. So when I came back home, 
uh, and there was no elevator, which was lots of fun. Classic um, New York walk-up. I gotta love it, right? But hey, my butt and my calves looked amazing. <laughs> they were on point. It's about it's steps, very- y'all. Steps. <laughs> yup. So I get to our apartment. I'm locked out, and I just, I'm a, I, I don't know. Immediately, I just thought to myself, you know what? I bet, I bet I can get to the, like, I can go to the roof and climb down the fire escape um, that led to my roommate's open window. So um, I got on the roof and I, I looked down and immediately I started thinking, mm, this is a bad idea. Um, one, because my, my roommate's window uh, was straight right to the street and mm. there was a giant lip on the roof so in order to actually get to that fire escape i'd have to i'd have to jump to it and just pray that i make it so automatically it was like nope not gonna do that and then i went over to where my window was which was closer to the air shaft and there was just enough room that i could probably get into it but once again it was like god this is a bad idea i don't need mm. to do it and um I turned around to walk away, and that is when everything went black. You turned around to walk away? Yes. I don't know if I knew that part of the story. Yeah, I turned around to walk away, and that's when everything went black. Um, What's crazy, though, is that when I finally, when I... You know, when I finally did open my eyes and I realized I was in a hospital bed, I wasn't sad. I was so mad because my immediate thought was, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. I knew that this was a bad idea. I knew that this was a bad idea. It was so crazy. So mad. I was like, I knew it was a bad idea. Well, I don't want to be here. It smells like old people, and these beeping machines are so annoying. So I just need to get out of here. Oh gosh, but talk about what condition you were in as you were having those thoughts. Well. Immediately, I just thought that, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just get out of here. But I did not, I was unaware of the severity of my accident or my injuries. And then it dawned on me, then I think it was like, because I was kind of out of it. What's really crazy is that um, when I did open my eyes, I, I was lying in my bed in my apartment. And my immediate thought was, oh, I guess I did get in. I don't know how. And um, that day, I, I didn't leave my apartment. I just kind of puttered around. I got on the computer, sent resumes out, and went to bed. But when I went to bed, I had this horrible dream that I was in a hospital. And I remember waking up the next morning going, God, that was a bad dream. And this happened for about two or three days. And then on the mm-hmm. third day, that's when like the fog kind of lifted and there's like, oh, this isn't a dream. I wow. am in the hospital. Wow. 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 Yeah, really crazy. But um, when I finally did realize I was in the hospital, again, my immediate thought was, well, you know, I just need to do whatever I can to get out of here. 
like what I was unaware of. And then I realized I could not move. Mm -hmm. I mean, like from the neck down, I was, I was paralyzed. Yes. I couldn't move a toe, a finger, nothing. I was, I was literally just a body in a bed. Well, it's crazy, right? You know, it, again, it's kind of hearing some of this, some of this I'm hearing for the first time. Um, on the other end of things, I had gotten, it's funny, I can't, I can't remember whether it was a, a message, a phone message, but I had gotten a message from um, Michelle. Michelle oh, was, yeah Michelle. yeah, Michelle was the stage manager in the, um, Anything Goes production that I had choreographed and um, that's where you and I met. And I had also stayed in touch with Michelle. I was um, keeping up with what she was doing. She was also um, in university and she was letting me know what was happening with her. And, um, you know, so I was, you know, in touch with her and she is the one that contacted me and told me what had happened and um crazy oh yeah man i i and i had not talked to you for a minute um you were up here doing your thing and i would occasionally see photos right but um you know she hollered out she was like you know and i think she was in memphis i don't know if she she was i think she was in memphis at the time right and um you know i grabbed my dude and we went over to the hospital and you em- initially did not recognize me and I didn't expect to we hadn't well, seen each other in years yeah at that was, point. let's be honest Jackie I, I was heavily drugged you were you were girl you, <laughs> you were you were you were gone but uh, you know <laughs> to see you in that bed with the tubes and um Wild. Well, what's crazy is because, um, like, right before my accident, I was in the best shape of my life. And I'm, thank goodness for that. Well, that's why my my doctors actually um, they told my my family that that was a large, that was a major part of the reason why I survived, just because um, my body instinctually knew how to curl up in a ball just because I had been dancing and training and working mm-hmm. out. So take care of your body. You never yeah, know. Yeah, folks, take care of your body. If you've been putting things off, it's a new year. It's a new decade. Start now. Now. It's never too late to start. Start now. Get yourself oh, yeah. in shape. Absolutely. And yeah, because yeah. And at the time that we saw you, you know, the prognosis was not good at all that you would survive the week. No, um, no, not at all. They didn't think, um, again, this is just from what I know, that they they did not really think that I was going to survive the night. And um, they speculated that if I did survive, um, more than likely I would be quadriplegic and, you know, never be able to really walk or even dance again. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm still at the at, at the foot of your bed at this point in my in my memory because all of the emotions are coming kind of coming to the to the fore here. Um, but I I remember looking at you 
and talking to you and my dude who is just such a blessing in my life he was talking to you also he yeah, hadn't no. yeah he hadn't met you until that moment <laughs> what a beacon of light oh he's i love him so much he so he was talking to you and you were looking at at, at me and you were smiling and this is one of those things that why is so important folks to be in touch with people on a on an organic level not facebook not instagram but to actually go see them have a conversation look in people's faces put your phones down this moment that i'm getting ready to describe to the best of my ability is something that is rooted in my soul <laughs> you you know i'm talking to you and like i said it had been some years so i didn't expect you to remember me at all and knowing also that you were really <laughs> flying high on them drugs oh, girl but the moment it rang and registered who i was your face shone like a bright beacon the recognition in your eyes of who i was you just like your whole the whole room lit up because folks she couldn't talk there was a tube down her throat but a lot of tubes but eyes her eyes her eyes her eyes her eyes your eyes girl your eyes told this story of of recognition and love that was so deep and i remembered your mom saying because at this point your mom was sitting in the back and she didn't say a word she was unobtrusive she just allowed us to have just a quiet moment with you. I don't even know if I remember her being in the room, but I remembered like when we stepped back to leave, she said, I didn't know who you were, but when I saw my baby's face light up <laughs> like that, I had to know who you were. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but she, I think she came to the bedside actually at that point because she was like, who is this girl that made that child's face light up like that? But this is again, talking about how it is, how important it is to relate to each other on a visceral organic level, because those are the things that you will leave this earth with. With connections. Yes. The love. Yeah, I mean, it really is because that I'm such a. I'm not perfect. I'm, I don't claim to be perfect. Ah, I'm perfect is perfection applause. is overrated. Perfection right. is overrated. But but I'm a firm believer, and I really do like. I'm a very firm believer that you really need to be. I mean, we should just automatically be kind to everyone we meet yes. because you yes. you really never know. Yes. You don't. You never know. And like, again, I, once again, like I, I recognize you and immediately it was like a flood of memories and emotions. Mm. And it, because, I mean, you're yeah. absolutely right. It's the truth. But again, it's because we made the connection and we made the yes. effort to talk to one another. Yes. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm just piggybacking on that saying that my superintendent found me. And he was the one that, like, called the ambulance. But here's the thing. 
I said hello to him every mm-hmm. single day. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, he would grunt. He wouldn't say <laughs> anything back. But I just, it was just in my nature. I always yes. said hello. And by yes. the way, I had these really cool Converse shoes that I wore every day. <laughs> So when I fell, I know, I just have to throw that in there. When I fell, I fell into the air shaft of my building. This is bizarre. This is why I'm not really, it's really bizarre. But what he did was he came in on a Saturday, which he never does. And Mm. he went to go reach for a trash bag. And there's a little window that looks right into the air shaft. He saw my shoes. He knew who I was. And he called the oh ambulance God. next door. Yeah, I know. It, it's crazy. Wow. But, but I really feel in my heart of hearts that had I not made the effort to really say hello to him every day, mm-hmm. who knows? Yes. And I mean, like, who knows? But I, I feel like that's a large part of my story. Mm-hmm. So once again, it's it's so extremely important to really make the effort to be kind to others and i don't want to be a jerk but not everybody's perfect there's still assholes in this world Mm -hmm. you know whatever but that doesn't mean that we have to be one exactly exactly and the more that you show up be your authentic self and if you don't know what that is begin to dig deeply into what makes you tick as a being because we are we are spiritual beings having ex- human experiences human you know so what what nicole is saying about being kind is so important say hello don't just ick people see them see them when you're walking down the street don't be on your phone have your head up walk down the street see the people that are coming toward you somebody walking down the street carrying bags move out of the way we it's about being mindful so going back you had been kind to this man who regardless of him maybe not being as conscious in acknowledging you in those moments he did see you yeah 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 and again like that's why this this whole accident my recovery everything i feel like all of this all of this is connected and is way bigger than me like way bigger and i'm and you know it's crazy because in all my speeches and Throughout the years, I, I stress so importantly about motivation and positivity. But the crazy mm-hmm. thing is, like, and I didn't really discover it until this past, well, th- yeah, this summer, that um, I've never truly pushed the curtain back to reveal my actual emotional journey and just the toll that it was taking on my body. Because mm-hmm. even though I was happy and positive, and yes, I'm alive, I was pushing a lot of emotions down in like a lot of emotions mm. uh, you know the fact that I was angry I was angry mm. though the fact that um, people were making decisions for me without my consent you mm. know the fact that I lost my autonomy my independence all of that kind of stuff I kept on pushing down and down and down and down mm. and little did I know but it was it was really affecting my muscles joints and all my tissues yes yeah, it's really crazy. I I'm so proud of my recovery, and I'm so and proud that I, 
Well, yeah. I, uh. Man, uh, I know this sounds crazy, but I I walk like a drunk. I'm not, but I walk like <laughs> one. Which is, I live in Louisiana. I live in New Orleans, which is perfect because nobody bothers. That's right. Everybody's yeah, drunk. Right. Yeah, but I'm walking, and um, I started, you know, back to my dancing career very slowly. I wait, I, wait. I, I don't, I don't want to cut you off. I want to okay. back up. I want to back up. I want to back up and come to this. Okay. You, um, so that people really have an appreciation for what you had to go through to get to where you are now. So, okay, you're in the bed. The doctors don't even think you're going to make it through the night, but you do. Yes. And then what happens? Just take um, us through a little bit. Well, I uh... You know, I, like you said, I had tubes all down, like here, there, and everywhere. Um, I had a neck brace on. There's, there was a lot of things that needed to happen in order me, in order for me to move to the next stage of recovery. And one of those was just if, if I could move any part of my body, and um, yeah, let me take that back. If I could move any part of my body, like wiggle my toe, wiggle a, a pinky, wiggle something, mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. something. <laughs> well, because at this point of- you were paralyzed yeah. from the neck down oh yeah oh yeah so um luckily i had a lot of amazing nurses that came in and um really worked with me and one of my nurses told me that if i was able to just kind of if i was able to lift my arm mm-hmm. and just have it there for at least like five six seconds then i'd be mm-hmm. this so in my brain, I just, that's all I could focus on was like, mm-hmm. just lift that arm. So I finally did. The doctor mm-hmm. saw it. A month later, I get to be discharged and move to the next stage of rehab. Just so happens that there are 12 top rehabilitation centers in the country. And number 10 is in Mississippi. So, wow. yeah, it's crazy. So I got to go back to Mississippi for my recovery. So the next phase is, you know, I've got muscles that are on the verge of atrophy. So I go to like a swing bed sort of hospital. It's the in-between where you're not really completely better, but you're not really completely, you know, just mush. Mm -hmm. It's it's the Mm in-between. So in that in-between, again, I had two amazing physical therapists that got me to lift my legs. And my neck brace had come off in New York. So now what they were doing was trying to see if I could sit up. And Mm -hmm. I did for a couple of seconds. But, hey, that's huge. And then they wanted to see if I could just stand up. Of course, I had assistance. But I was able to stand for, you know, maybe a minute. Again, that doesn't seem big. But when you have everything broken and you're told you probably may never walk again that's huge yeah so just to kind of sidestep for a second what was broken which i know you said everything but i just want people again to get an appreciation for the fact that you got out of the hospital in a month's time (laughs) that that's like freaking crazy to use your word what was broken um, I had, so my, my spine was broken in four different places. Uh, yeah, I, I could give you the technical term, but basically it was, um, 
my neck and my lower back. And um, I, not only that, but I had no idea that there is a just series of nerves that go up and down your spine that oh make yeah it move oh yeah and that's I, why your I, spinal cord is so important exactly We're, again you know this is all this is all brand new news to me so mm. where I had broken my neck and my back affected a lot of my mobility mm-hmm. um, so I, we were fighting against you know damaged nerves to see if I can get some kind of a movement. Mm-hmm. I'd also uh, broken all the ribs on the left side of my body. I had a collapsed lung um, and my, pel- my pelvis was fractured and I had a pretty rough laceration on my shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was crazy pants. That's why it, it's, it's so hard for me to be sad when I talk about this because <laughs> in my brain it's like, isn't that wild? Like, it makes one hell of a good story. You, know, you, you ain't right lying about you ain't lying about that girl. Yeah, I can't <laughs> help it. I just think it's I think it's crazy. Wow. So okay, you're in Mississippi. You're in rehab. You're lifting your arm. You're standing with um, assistance, and then briefly take us through to the next phase. Oh um, well, that was huge. So when I got to the rehab hospital. They asked me what my goal was, and I told them I, I want to walk out of here. So um, we worked on that the whole time. Uh, we worked on my core, just mm. trying to. And the good thing is, because I was a dancer, I had a lot of knowledge already mm-hmm. embedded in me mm-hmm. that I knew I I could apply to my rehab, and it worked. Wow. But um, for the most part, though, all my physical therapists, what they did was they got me to stand up. They got me to a point where I could lift my toothbrush because Mm. uh, I lifted my toothbrush once and it felt as if I was lifting 80 pounds. Wow. Like something so simple. So they were able to help me um, gain some kind of independence. Like I could brush my hair and Mm -hmm. I could brush my teeth and... You know, I had some mobility in my fingers, and basically what they did was they helped me walk out of there. And um, I've got it on video, too. Um, I didn't do it by myself. Is that on your website, that video? No, but it, sh- it should be. My ex-boyfriend helped me walk out the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, folks, uh, we, we still got some a, a bit more of her story that I want to cover, but um, in the show notes will be the links to her website and um, any videos that she may have on YouTube. So you'll be able to connect with her and find out what she's doing. Okay, I had to say that. So, all right. So, uh, with us, <laughs> had to do the had to do the marketing there. So, yeah, all right. So, again, I'm going to fast forward because. Um, I want to make sure I get to what's happening with you in, in present. I will mm-hmm. back up a little bit um, from w- when you were able to walk out. How long were you in that uh, rehab hospital? Oh, uh, I think I want to say maybe six months. Around, okay. I think it was about six months. Okay, so we're talking about now seven months after, after, approximately seven months after the accident. Yes. So, um, okay, you have, a, you you went through, you did this whole campaign called "You Can't Stop This Dancer." Talk yes. about that a little bit. 
<laughs> well, I, I, I didn't coin that. Um, I had, I had two gentlemen that, uh, they, they came up with that and, um, yeah no it's it's stuck ever since and i dig it i dig it it fits it It really does i dig it um but you know i wrote a book about about two years ago called falling isn't failure Mm -hmm. and it's basically because i was with someone at the time who was a photographer um it's and, and I can say this too. It's really hard when you have a loved one that's going through something because all you want to mm. do is help, and mm-hmm. there's nothing you can really do. So he was a photographer, so his thought process was, "Well, the best I could let me document this." So the whole yes. book is a complete documentation through photographs of my accident, and um, we uh, we split up after I got out of rehab, and I met. Mm this amazing woman, Talamika Bryce, who we started up an amazing friendship and she just happened to, she and her husband were photographers and she asked me if she could just pick up where he left off. So Mm. they did. And the entire book is a documentation of before the accident, the accident, and then progression afterwards. And they can get that on your website. Yes, you can. Folks can get that. Say the title of uh, the title of your book. It's called "Falling Isn't Failure." Okay, so folks, make sure you get to Nicole-Marquez.com. Go to her website, check it out, see what she's doing. Okay, so now I'm going to take you forward a little bit more. You've you've written this book. It's it's and what what's kind of cool is that um, we also through Facebook were able to see your journey and what your challenges were, what you were what you were focusing on in those moments in terms of getting your strength back. I happen to have seen you. When were you up here to Central Park? That was about three years ago. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I think it was. Was, was it, I think it was three years. Yeah, three years ago. There was um, a documentary done on on Nicole, and I was one of the people that gave some testimonial. Testimony gave a testimonial, and I was able to see you. Oh, and that was whoa! That was so wonderful to see you. It was. It was. It was. Oh, my <sighs> that was just so. All right. The book, the book has come out, you, and then you ended up dancing again, performing again. Talk about yes. that a little bit. Yes. Well, um, I was approached by a um, one of the universities in Jackson. Well, it's not a university. It's like a private college, um, Bellhaven College, from the uh, dance director. And she asked me if um, I'd like to, well, they wanted to know if I'd like to do a piece um, with them now at the at the mm. time like I, I could not do anything other than just move my arms and legs so I, mm. I was in a seat the whole time but that was like the first little umph of okay maybe maybe I can get back to this again and then mm. fast forward um, a few years later I got a grant to work with one of my professors um, old professors at USM, Shelly Nielsen. Wow. Um, to, you know, just see what this body can do because ultimately I really, really, really wanted to incorporate dance in my speeches. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I, again, I just, I didn't know if it was possible. So I worked with her for a month and what we were able to do just me personally blew me away. It did blow her wow. away well because I was un, like movement started to come back that I didn't think could ever come back because wow. every, every profession has a certain language that mm-hmm. they understand. Like people that are mechanics, they speak a language that, you know, if you're not a mechanic, you don't get it. <laughs> right. Just the same with dancers, the same with lawyers, the same mm-hmm. with everybody. So we were, you know, she was speaking this dance language that, like, I, I'm very familiar with. Right. So all these, all this little movement came back because it was just a month. You know, I, it was something that I, I couldn't do consistently. Mm-hmm. So again, um, there was a big fear component also embedded in me because, mm-hmm. in my mind too, I just I, I just thought that if I get on stage, I'm gonna look funny mm-hmm. because I'm never gonna. And, and this is true. I'll never be at the level that I was when I fell, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But I know that there's stuff inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I reached out. I don't know why uh, it took me so long, but after a few years from working with Shelly, I reached out to a friend of mine who is a healer. She's a Reiki, Pilates, mm, mm. yoga, um, dance guru, basically. Mm-hmm. And she works with a lot of veterans and um, other people. And she had told me to reach out to her because she had some thoughts on like how I can get you know more mobility mm-hmm. so I reached out to her and I'm not going to give everything away because if you want to hear it you gotta hire me to speak what? hello hello and we're going to talk about that too real soon but um we had this phone call that I it never I, I don't think I could forget it it's embedded in my brain but she asked me very specific questions that nobody had ever asked me before. Mm. Again, because this is a dance language that I understand. Yes. And all the things that she was asking me and telling me to do, all of a sudden it's like, what, 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 what's going on? Like, mm. Because I was feeling things that had been dormant for so long. Mm-hmm. So we decided to start Skyping back and forth. Uh, she's in California. Yeah, she's in California, and believe it or not, her name is Julie Turner, and remember I told you about those two dancers I saw, and I was like, I want to do that. Yes. That's her. (gasps) Julie Turner and Emily Maurer, and they are... They're not just my friends, but I've, I've always, they've always kind of been my idols. Cause brain blown, brain blown, blown, brain blown. Like amazing dancers. I have to to interject here. All right. We tend to think that life is a series of arbitrary things, unconnected. Everything is connected. We are all connected on the planet. We are all connected, even though we would like to think that we're not. So here, here it is. The two people that inspired you to dance. This is in college, right? When you saw these two people. Okay. So here we go in college and you didn't think a whole big deal of it. You, Oh, these are two people that we fast forward years later. And these people are instrumental 
in getting you to where you are now. Yes. It um Emily <sighs> and I were actually very, very close. And um she she had told me that, you know, uh, after Julie reached out to me, she she also had told me I really need to work with her. But again, there was a huge fear component. So mm. when I finally did make that phone call and we had this amazing experience, when we were when we were finished, we both decided that you know she's really really good at what she does. She works with a lot of different clients, mm -hmm. so she's a very busy lady. She always but. Um, God, she's amazing at what she does. She really is. So um, she told me, look, if you can find time, I can find time. And let's let's try to Skype back and forth. Mm. So we've been doing that for, oh gosh, I think maybe four, four and a half years, four and a half years now. But um, wow. yeah, via Skype. But all the exercises and, you know, information she's given me, I've applied to my body. Mm -hmm. And it's been like... Night and day. I, I got to perform. Um, I, I performed at, for a friend's um, variety show here in New Orleans, and the feeling of being on stage was. It, I can't. I can't really. It's so hard to put into wow. words because. <laughs> how, how can I put it? You know, um, I remember when I was a, uh, in a show once, and somebody was asking me, "I just don't get it. You rehearse mm. for." days and hours on end you know you you go through all these emotions you, you get stressed out it's like why do you do it and my answer was like for those those glorious five eight <laughs> seconds of applause <laughs> it's, it's all worth it it's called energy yeah. when energy yeah it's 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 kind of like if you do if you are doing what you love there is a, a magnetism with that. And the people that are on the receiving end of what it is that you do, they are sending you energy that's magnetism. And yeah. so that's going back and forth between you. It's a giving, again, it's a give and take. It's why you have to show up and be your authentic self. Why you have to, to have as live as organically as you possibly can, because the things that count, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't describe them. It's no. a soul thing, you know. It, it really is. I mean, just <laughs> but, but being on that stage was so like it was. I can't. It, it was. I, I felt like, oh my God, th this is like, this is it. I remember this mm -hmm. feeling. I, mm -hmm. I remember this feeling. And, mm -hmm. you know, I talked to Julie about it. And um, the big thing is it's like I, th the emotion along with like what was happening physically felt very, very wonderful. But also there was something else going on. And um, this summer recently, I'm so excited um, I I got a fellowship to the Vermont Studio Center, and I was, uh, I was able to bring someone with me, and I brought Julie. And Julie and I have been talking about this for all the times we've been Skyping, that I want to apply movement into my speech, because I feel that it's, it's necessary, you know, for people to see. And we worked the whole summer and we had a goal before we went that we're going to rewrite my speech 
and incorporate movement. And, you know, it's not going to be, it is going to be positive, but also it needs to shed a light on like a lot of emotions that we hold in our bodies and how yes. that, how that can be very detrimental. When, well, yeah, it can be very detrimental when you don't, when you deny it and you don't like yes. shine a light to it. Yes. And because of that, she was able to help me bring out a lot of those suppressed emotions that yeah. I had been, you know, just pushing down, pushing down. Right. And because of that, again, it was a huge, like, weight lifted if we yes. talk about that in my speech and when we left it was the best feeling in the world because we accomplished what we wanted which was to rewrite this speech <laughs> talk about you know the, the body talk about emotions talk about how you can move forward like it, it's all up to you like we did it right. and right. and now the what i'm trying to do the both of us is she um she and I both are working together to not only promote this, but also um, hopefully after I give my speech, Julie has an entire workshop that she okay. does. We've talked a lot about your physical and emotional journey. I want to talk about you as the motivational speaker. Yes. Wait, I have to I have to put you off for a second because I just got really excited. I remember talking to you and yes. you telling me that that's what you wanted to do. Yeah. Be a motivational speaker. So, I am so proud of you. A just being you. Thank you. And never allowing the challenges they might have made you a little gloomy. You know, like they oh, would yeah. make anybody, sure. but your spirit always shine, shone and shines through whatever challenge you have been faced with. And I just want to go back to the work you're doing with Julie Turner. And if she gets to hear this, Julie, I, I could hug you because I love this woman so much and I could hug you for what you have brought out in her and what you have allowed to shine her to see reflected in herself because I saw that video Nicole of yeah, you walking and then after working with her you doing that same walk this was when you were in Vermont and it was uh talk about like jaw going oh, it was jaw dropping Yes. It was exquisite. Okay, so she didn't. She didn't pay me to say this, but she, she is incredible at what she does. Like her, it knowledge, her knowledge is amazing, and it showed because it was you walking the first time. The first of all, the, you walking in the in the before video was way better than when I saw you last. First of all, so Aww. here you are walking, and then after working with her, what it was a week. It wasn't that long. The big thing. Well, it wasn't even a weekly. It was the same day. She, she told me. I knew. Isn't that crazy? She just told me. She said, "Can you just walk like you normally walk?" And I did. And then she said, "Come back." And I'm trying to remember the cue. She said, "Be aware of your surroundings and don't, don't like hold your breath." Whoa! Wait, folks. That tidbit, that nugget, that Julie Turner shared with Nicole is a life nugget. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again, Nicole. 
Like, be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your surroundings. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. The first episode of my podcast is called Breathe, a mind-body experience or something like that. I'm paraphrasing my own title. The, the, <laughs> the importance of breathing, and I'm not talking about just that auto thing that we do because if you didn't do it, you wouldn't breathe. I'm talking about deep conscious breaths. But okay, jump forward because I want to make sure I get get in this motivational speaking work that you're doing. Talk about yeah. that. Well, um, you know, I'm not able to see I, my life plan was to dance and be in the arts. Okay, something <laughs> something happened and yeah, I'm derailed, but that's okay. So it was thinking, what can I do with what I have now mm. um, as a career? And um, like this, I, I can't remember how this all happened, but uh, you know, motivational speaking sounded like a great platform because I still get to be on stage. That's right. I still get, I still get to perform. Only yep. I'm not playing a character. Um, and I'm not reading lines. I'm mm-hmm. I'm being myself, which, by the way, it is very strange to just be <laughs> being vulnerable on stage. Mm-hmm. But um, this sounded great, and I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm not the best as far as like marketing myself goes because again, the wait, business wait, world is wait, very strange. Stop! Stop! Yes, I'm gonna stop you on that thought. Mm-mm. All right, cut. You put out that you would love assistance in marketing. Let's put it in the positive. Let's phrase it in the positive. Go ahead. I would love assistance in marketing. All right. There you go. There you go. There you go. You think it and it's so. Oh, no. I told myself, like, when 2020 hit, I told myself, you know what? It's not like uh, I'm working at it. It's going to be like, no, I am going to do good with my speaking career this year. Amen. I'm going to. It yeah. doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to. And um, go. I believe it. But I, I decided to do motivational speaking. And the way I look at it is, you know, the grand scheme of thing is, no, I'm not perfect. Yes, I have flaws. But I feel like I'm a good example to show people, especially now, that mm. hope does exist. Yes. Now, but it's totally up to you. Everybody's right. got a different story. Wait, say it Everybody's- again. I got you. Got to say it again, please. Please repeat it. All right. So my 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 biggest thing is that I just want to re- remind people that hope does exist. That's it. Does um, everybody's got a different story? Everybody's got problems. Everybody's got things going on. But you know, it's really. It's up to us whether we want to move forward or stay stagnant. It's up to each and every one of us, each and every one of us, whatever your story is right now, if you're going through some stuff that you don't like and you're feeling depressed and low, you don't have to stay there. Yes. Acknowledge that that's what you're feeling. Don't suppress it. Don't ignore it because it'll just bury itself down in your muscles. Acknowledge it. Bring the light, shine the light on it. And then take a step by step by step to where you want to go. But you have to have intentions. Clear, conscious intentions to... Go ahead. No, no, no. Go. 
<laughs> and just and I don't mean to interrupt, but and no, you ahead. have to be willing to take criticism and advice, especially mm. from people that that love you and that yeah. care about you, because you know a lot of people say things that. Okay, first of all, nobody wants to hear that they're wrong. Nobody does. <laughs> nobody wants to admit right. it either. God, I hate it when I'm wrong. I, I don't <laughs> like admitting it either. However, <laughs> like, it's so, and, I, and again, I gotta thank Julie for this, but it is, it's so important to admit, yes, something's going on with me. Yes, uh, I, you know, I need to admit this to myself. Like, yes, I'm in the wrong. Yes, like, I, I need to go do something. And whatever you need to do, like, whether you need to go talk to somebody or find someone or write it down in journals, like, you just have to release that and be honest with yourself. Don't deny it. And I, look, I can honestly say it's like I denied a lot of my frustrations mm. for many, many years. And um, even though physically I was like, oh, I'm making strides, still something felt a little off. And mm-hmm. it was a lot of those, you know, feelings that I kept on pushing down and pushing down and pushing down. But then, you know, I, I'm so grateful that. I had somebody such as Julie turn the mirror around and be like, okay, I need you to be honest with Mm -hmm. not just me, but with yourself. Like when you're in the hospital, yes, you're positive and smiling, but what was really going on? Mm. And just having somebody be so blunt and just, you know, it's just one question. It's called cut the BS. (laughs) No, yeah. Cut the BS. Yeah. It was was great to say, it's like, yeah, you know, you're right. I, Mm -hmm. I was angry in the hospital Mm -hmm. and she's like, okay, that's great. She's like, I want to hear about that. And other Mm -hmm. people need to hear about that. Mm -hmm. And then as we kept on going down the line in my recovery and whatnot, it was like, okay, yeah, you did this and it felt wonderful, but what did you really feel? And it's like, well, I, I had so much fear inside me. And she was like, okay, you, again, you need to tell that to yourself and, you know, recognize it. And because of this recognition, when I feel certain, like, twitches or, you mm-hmm. know, uncomfortability throughout my body, mm-hmm. I can I can kind of pinpoint that and be like, okay, I know that this is coming from a place of fear and I feel something like my neck kind of tighten, but because I'm aware of it, I can breathe. Right. I can think about that. And then it's like, Oh, I'm okay. Right. Look, now this doesn't mean that it's everything is fine. And now the moment has passed. Like the work is still continuous. The work is always, we are works in progress. You know, you've brought up perfection a lot. And I know that a lot of people wrangle with perfection, this this thing of perfection. But if you can realize that evolution is ongoing, everyone is evolving. They may not look like it. <laughs> but, <Or laughs> right? Some people evolve faster than others. But there cannot be perfection in evolution because it is ongoing so be kind to yourself those of you that that are perfectionists to know that if if something is ongoing and evolving that that you can't be perfect Mm -hmm. 
Because when you're perfect, that means it's done. Yep. You can't you can't grow anymore if you're perfect. So you want to grow. You want to be open to growth. You want to learn how to tune in and tap into your inner self. And you want to listen to your intuition. Ooh. Basically, what were you going to say? I was kidding. I needed to hear that. And I'll tell you why. When you're finished. Yeah, you have to tune into your intuition because what's interesting to me about your the accident is one of the things that I have asked myself is when when things happen to people, did they have a warning? And in this instance, you talked about you had you had received warnings. So we 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 tend to tune out our intuition because it speaks very quietly. It doesn't scream and yell like all the other voices in your head. So we tend to listen to whoever's yelling the loudest as opposed to um, <laughs> that little, little, little quiet voice. Yeah. So you have to be open to tuning in, even if that little voice is saying the exact opposite of what everybody else is saying. You have to learn how to listen to it because it always puts you where you need to be. Um, oh man, you're so cool, Jackie. <laughs> By the way, she didn't pay me to say that. <laughs> um, I, I, what, what you just said is incredible and I'm so glad I get to hear it because, you know, that's what, that's what I struggle with as far as like my, my dancing goes because, mm. um, and Julie brought that out. She, she pointed that out too, that, you know, we were doing, um, some work, you know, ballet work and, she just asked me, she goes, I, you know, something's up. What's, what's up with you? And I was like, I'm just afraid that this doesn't look perfect. Mm. Now it looks, it looks like I'm, I'm jankety. <laughs> and she was telling me, she's like, why are you going for perfection? She's right. like, no, no dancer is ever perfect. It's no, like, no. Why, why? But, but again, it's, it's having somebody say that, but then realizing it, it's like, you know what? I don't, I don't have to go for perfect. I can go for good. Remember, perfect is, is you're done. Yeah. When, when something is perfect, it's done. And nothing is done. Everything is evolving. So as long as you can remember that, you can be kinder to yourself in your process. That this is part of your journey. This is part of your evolution. This is part of your growth. You want to grow. You want to grow as well as you can. You don't want to be perfect. Perfection is overrated. We, when you are a perfectionist, you are not allowing anything other than your view on what perfection is in. Drive yourself and everybody else crazy. <laughs> you, know? you cannot grow trying to be perfect. You just can't. They're two completely different things. They're two completely different frequencies, two completely different wavelengths. I think that having having that knowledge helps out so much in just your everyday life. Yes. But it's something, once again, that you have to discover and want for yourself. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just like, you know, it's like when you're in a bad relationship and all your friends are telling you why you're with that person and... You just yeah. like, well, you don't know them. And then there's that one day where you go, oh, I, I really shouldn't be with this person. Yeah. But it, but again, it's like, you have to realize that. True. You have to realize it's like, okay, something's going on, but I'm okay. But you know what? Maybe there is, maybe I should like 
do something about this this knee. Like maybe there's more going on with it. Yeah. It's just it's just that realization. It's yes. It's saying to yourself, it's okay to not be okay. Yes. And that's that yes, it's okay not to be okay. But I'm gonna add to that. It's okay not to be okay, but don't stay there. Darn too. I agree. <laughs> And on that note, I'll tell you this. Uh, my name is Nicole Marquez. I That's hope right. you've enjoyed this amazing podcast with Jackie Bird. Yes, Aww. said it. Um, if you'd like to know more, uh, if you'd really, really like to know more, please, please, please go to my website, Nicole-Marquez.com. And the only reason why there's a dash there is because apparently there's another Nicole Marquez who I think she's uh, in the adult industry. And uh, that is not I. No, that is not I. I'm the speaker. I'm the speaker. But yes, go ahead. And it's Marquez with a Z. Yes. M-A-R-Q-U-E-Z. I'm so extremely excited uh, this new approach that I've taken to my speech and um, I'm really really proud of it I'm so so grateful that I was able to come up with this with uh, Julie Turner this mm-hmm. has been it, it, it's it's amazing um, she's amazing too and uh, when you go and you want to hire me just know that you'll be getting one hell of a workshop uh, with uh, that fabulous woman. So listen, folks, go to Nicole's website, get her ebook, book her to speak. Last word for real to you. Um, <laughs> now I feel like on like inside the actor's studio. Which, like, <laughs> should I give you a favorite word? Because my favorite word is uh, you know, but <laughs> I don't I don't take people through lists like that. But what I will ask you to leave us with is uh, if you're going through a rough time, what do you want to say? If you're going through a rough time, gosh, there's so much I could say. If you're going through a rough time, just know that you're not alone. Like mm-hmm. you are not alone. We're all going through rough times, but it is completely possible to get out of your situation. I love it. I get, I get I it. forward. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All you got to do is move forward. Lady, I love you so much. I thank you so much for (laughs) coming and speaking and doing my first live stream. To those of you that are listening, I thank you so much. Please let people know about Roll With Peace In Mind podcast. And I'm going to say to you, my dear friend. And I'll talk to you um, through Facebook. Wait, roll, roll with peace in mind. Are you talking about like the the number one coolest podcast out there? Is that what you're talking about? You're talking about that, right? Of course, of course. You heard it. Roll with peace in mind. Number one podcast. What? What? Hey, you heard it here. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I get so geeked up when I hear an inspiring story. If you are one of the many, 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 many people out there who's working a job you hate or following a career that no longer burns for you, begin to see what it is that you actually want to do. Write it down wherever you want to write it down. Write it on paper, write it on your phone, your computer, your tablet. Whatever works, write it down. Begin to see yourself having it, achieving it, creating it. Willpower, trust, faith. 
Don't tell yourself you can't. Don't allow anyone else to tell you you can't. Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more information about my guest, just look at the show notes. All of the links are there. And remember to roll with peace in mind.